Happy Sunday and welcome to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, here to provide you with your favorite way to start the week. Every Sunday, we explore new topics and dive into conversations that matter and some that truly do not. Tune in each week to smile, learn something new, and join your favorite brunch gang. Let's get into it. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Brunch with Des B. As always, I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B. And today, the B stands for baby because there is two important things I need to tell you guys. Number one, I think the other day I actually felt the baby move. And that's like super exciting because when it moves, you kind of like feel it and then you kind of become a little bit more attached to it. Not that there's not like a mental attachment prior, but especially when you, after you have your first, your second, and it's your third, or I would even argue beyond, obviously, it starts to just feel like, this sounds so terrible. It starts to feel like just like another pregnancy, you know, like, oh, like, I don't want to say you're not grateful for it. It's just, you have so much other shit going on and you're trying to maintain two other toddlers staying alive or however many that it's kind of, you forget about it. Like you don't just have all that attention to seek to it. So once you feel it move, you kind of are like, oh my God, you know, whatever. So that's number one. And number two, I'm 18 weeks. So exciting guys. We're almost halfway already. And that is honestly, there's two ways to look at this. Number one, terrifying. Okay. Number one, number two, that means we're so fucking close to like spring and summer as much as we just entered February, which happy February we are, we're, we're exiting winter. You know what I mean? Like in Michigan, at least I would say February into March is probably the hardest month. And I've been looking at like the weather systems, like a nerd, and it looks like it's going to get pretty bad for like another stint. However, like we're, we're coming out of it. We're coming out of it. I'm seeing the light March hits sun starts shining. I can see it happening. And then all of a sudden it's April. That's my birthday in six weeks to shreds. And then it's May, which is Archie's birthday, Mila's birthday. And then it's June, which is kind of like an unimportant month. And then it's July. And that's when I'm due. So I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of manifesting that I'm going to have a June baby because let's be honest, like I don't want to go full term. Like I don't want to go 40 plus weeks. Okay. Real quick. I'm just reapplying my forget the filler lip gloss. Listen to this. Ew, that was disgusting. I just ruined your morning. So I hope you guys are having a great day. If you cannot tell, like I know I started out last week's episode kind of perked, you know, I was like, oh my God, hi guys. Like I'm feeling so much better. And then that quickly went to shit. Genuinely, it's been like three days in a row. I'm feeling good. Okay, positive vibes. I've had the barest of the barest headaches in and out. My doctor did supplement me magnesium. Like she actually just got it sent over the counter. So I know exactly what to take. And she told me that I can still take my Unisom Tylenol here and there XYZ. Blood pressure came back great. My urine test came back great. And the next thing that we really just have is my anatomy scan. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm freaking out about it. I'm freaking out about it. But I'm trying to find peace in knowing it is what it is, number one. Number two, I know this pregnancy is going to be perfect. Besides feeling like shit, 
I've been saying it. I've said it since we've been thought, Hey, do we want to have another one? I'm like, I have a note in my phone. Like I'm manifesting a healthy third pregnancy. So I'm speaking that over myself and I will give you guys the news that we did get our nipped results back. So the NIPT is like a full, um, spectrum genetic testing, right? So you do, it's everything under the sun, really. It's the most invasive that they can do. And everything came back completely normal. No potentials of, you know, negatives. Obviously there's always like a point, you know, 1% or some whatever to cover their ass, but in all good faith, I'm very optimistic about it. So a lot of really good things. Sorry. I just rambled about the baby and myself for the first minute. How are you? How are you? Okay. First off, let's take a little sip of coffee. I have been really off my coffee lately. <laughs> Sorry, ASMR with Des. Like it's kind of sounding fun. We should do one episode that's just ASMR. Let me know if you'd be into that. It'd be kind of a fun little random thing. So um, I've been really off coffee lately, but I feel like I just at this point have a habit. Um, so it's not going well. Okay. How are you? Take a sip of your stuff. Okay. I did lose a nail. Wyatt and I went to Chicago this past week. Fucking crazy. I ended up popping another tire discount tire. Listen, I've never really had to have experiences with like fast auto shop repair type stuff like that. Discount tire has been a great experience for me. Both locations. I had to go to two separate locations in like two parts of the state. Great experience so helpful in and out in under 30, 45 minutes. It was awesome. So had a pop tire, but Wyatt and I stayed in Chicago. It was so fun. We just had such a blast and and we made this TikTok slash Instagram. You might've saw it, but also I know a lot of you guys are actually off of social media, but you keep up here. So I'll give you a rundown. We did this TikTok and it was like a Tyler, the creator sound. And basically he was like, I actually like you. Like I thought you were a piece of shit. I thought you were an asshole but I like you, you know, whatever. And so Wyatt and I did a funny like Instagram real TikTok to that. And it was so true because in parenting, you can get so frustrated with your partner so quickly and it's okay. Like it's warranted, like normalize fucking hating your husband. Like for real, like it's okay to go through about a minute, half a day, couple hours, fuck a full day, even a week of just like, I can't fucking stand you right now. But deep down or in the back of your head, wherever the fuck it is, it might be all the way down in your toes (laughs) at this point, you know, I love you so much. And I know we're in this together. We're just in the thick of it. And I know the, the hardest part of Wyatt and I's marriage was definitely in the first year with Maddox. Not only was it the first child, but it was COVID. He was switching out of like his corporate job. Life was just crazy. Family dynamic was changing. Like there were so many moving parts and it was a huge test. Um, and I think I even saw a statistic recently where it was like, if you, it was actually a scary statistic of like, if, oh fuck, I don't want to butcher it, but it was something about if you have a kid and you, is it like if you last in marriage past the first year? Oh, maybe it was introducing a second, introducing a second kid within the first year and a half of your first I think is like a higher divorce rate or it was something right. And I read it. I was like, holy fuck, we went through that. You know what I mean? Like we lived that. And here we are. Like I would, I would argue our marriage communication. It's only getting better. 
but you know, at some point we both definitely hated each other and like, not really. Right. Like, I'm not saying that like (laughs) in like real time, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, it's okay to be in a place of frustration with your partner. And I think as a child of divorce and why as a child of divorce, your mind immediately goes to the idea of, oh my God, we're not meant to be together. Oh my God, we're not going to last. Oh my God. You can't let yourself go there. You just have to realize this is fucking normal and no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to you know, everyone wants to be like, how I keep my marriage spicy, how I, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sometimes you just don't, you know, and not every marriage is the same. Some people out there really do have like hot, steamy sex every fucking night, X, Y, Z. Lives are different. People are different, all of the above, right? So just honor kind of where you're at and know that like, it's okay where you are at too. But I just wanted to share that because like, yeah, like it's, it's been hard, you know, it's been an adjustment, but here we are, we're good. And we had a great time in Chicago. Like it, it just, so nice to get away. You just talk, look at each other, like undistracted, not distracted. I don't know if that was a word. It was just really fun. So happy 28th birthday, Wyatt, not just another dad. You're my daddy. Okay. First, let's also adjust the elephant in the room is my fucking outfit. All right. I've been yelled at multiple times for accidentally sharing this to you guys on my stories but the Petula launch is coming up. I believe it's February 14th. I'll put the proper info in the description box, show notes, link in bio, et cetera. And you'll see me review these pieces because bitch, put a gun to my head tomorrow. That's so graphic, but for the sake of the, the analogy, just stick with me. You ask me, you have one company to support this year only. I'm saying Petula. I'm saying fucking Petula. Okay. That's a big stand for me, but I have just continuously been so impressed by their quality of clothing, how they run their business, their ethics, their morals, their values, the owners, the fucking clothing itself. So I'm wearing this like lounge top. This is a full like lounge collection coming out. I'm wearing a medium. I could literally get horny talking about this shirt. It is ribbed. It is fucking cozy. Like I, I love when I can put my hands in here. So I'm wearing a medium. I do have bra pads in right now just cause I woke up and I was like, uh, I don't want to put a bra on, but I don't want you guys to be like full nipple out. And then we have these pants. You can't really see them on. I'll put them on the Instagram today. Cause by now I can share their wide ass leg. Like look how wide. Oh shit. Oh, I just spilled my coffee. Well, that's going to have to wait there for a minute. <laughs> wide leg. Look at my leg. Like wide leg, long as fuck. I have a medium on in the in the leggings or in the uh, lounge pant. I also, I think, got a large too because I was like, girl, these will be in my hospital bag. Like that's how fucking serious I am. And guess what? They also have a hot pink coming out. They have lounge shorts, like boxer shorts. It's giving skims 2.0. They have bralettes coming out. They have long sleeve, um, beautiful, like midi dresses. I'm just, I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed. I'm so obsessed. So code Desby. So, 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 so Desby to save money. And please, if you have not supported Petula ever, literally give them a chance. And if you want me, ask me, Des, can you make me a cart for Petula dream cart. I will give you, I will fucking tell you what items to buy because I want you to have a good experience, but also no matter what you would buy, you would love. So obsessed. There's a lot coming this year too. I'm pumped up about it. So 
I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so cozy. I'm feeling good. I did do my heatless curls last night, which I love, but I tried a little bit of a different technique with this right side of my head. So the left side or, well, you know, you're not seeing it. You're seeing the opposite way. The other side just didn't come out as good. And I was like, fuck. That's the one thing about heatless curls is like, if you don't nail both sides, they will look wonky. I could have probably ran a curler through this and like fixed it, but I just haven't yet. So a lot of stuff coming up though. Um, honestly, just, I'm in this like phase where I, I don't want to say I'm like, I guess I'm just like confused because I'm like working very hard while also being okay in like a growth period. And that's like not common for me. Like I'm someone who I always have to be doing the best for me. Like I have to do be doing my best. And in this pregnancy and in just like how I've been feeling and navigating like just two kids and a family and house stuff and life stuff, I'm just like, it's okay to not be doing everything. And so if that's something that's resonating with you right now, know that you're not alone. Like it's so easy to think, oh my gosh, I need to be progressing in this area, this area, this area, this area, and this area. Sometimes you're just not going to, or you just don't have the mental energy and it's okay to choose for sake of words, your battles. Okay. If something is not fulfilling to you right now, take a step back. It doesn't mean that it won't be fulfilling to you in the future. Just maybe right now you're a little burnt out. Take a step back. And to me, no amount of monetary items can now in my, in my current, right? In the past probably year, I've really come to this like understanding of, of what I need. No amount of monetary or like, you know, physical items can be worth it for my happiness, for my energy, for my alignment. You know, it takes a special thing to come in my life now and stay in my life that is aligned with me and full of the same energy to be worthy of my time. And I would look back at that saying that like a year ago, two years ago, and I'd be like, oh my God, you're like selfish. You know, like you need to be grateful for everything. It's like, no, you don't have to be. You're allowed to be picky. You're allowed to be choosy. We get one fucking life. We get one day as who we are today, right? Tomorrow we change. Tomorrow we age. We're older than yesterday, younger than tomorrow. We only get one today. And if there's something that's disrupting your peace, your energy, your feeling, your alignment, if that's a something or a someone or whatever, be fucking picky. Who fucking cares? It doesn't mean be disrespectful. Those don't coexist. I'm not saying disrespect. I'm saying be picky for yourself. Okay. Um, I feel like sometimes we have like an entitlement that we feel like we have to, again, we have to encompass everything or encompass everyone. No, you fucking don't. Okay. By choosing to stick to your guns, what you believe, what you want, what you're aligned with, what kind of people you want in your life, what kind of people enhance your life, X, Y, Z, you're allowed to grow and evolve with what those people could look like. That doesn't mean ever that you should stoop to the level of being rude to anyone outside or whatever, but does that mean you go out of your way to go to a fucking Mexican night with someone who ruins your vibe? No, you know, and I've had this talk a lot with my mom with like some of her like high school experiences and how she like had these like quote fake friends, like people she would just always hang out with. 
And I think back to my high school experience, I didn't really have that. I genuinely loved the friend group I was in and the friends I had. I loved everyone. But I look, I hear my mom's stories and I'm just like, why would you deal with that? Like if they didn't align with you anymore, don't be their friend. Again, does that mean be disrespectful? No. So I'm just kind of in a really good growth phase of just personal development. I think I'm approaching being 29 this year. I'm going to be 30 next year. Not that, not that shit changes with a new, you know, number that you turn, but you, you start to just grow into yourself. I'm going on kid number three, bro. Like I am different than another 28 year old, right? Who isn't in the same phase as life as me. We're all different no matter what, but kids, they fucking age you fast. Like they just, they make you grow up. Plus I was a first child plus a child of divorce with a younger sibling. I mean, again, some of you guys are out there like living the same life as me right now. You're like, I get it. I had to grow up fucking fast. And that's probably half the reason why I am who I am. And I wouldn't wish it any differently. It's just, I'm in a phase of life where I want to do and continue to do things for me because when I put myself first, my family ends up coincidentally also coming first. You know what I mean? Cause I take care of me, etc. It's like, I always say it, the fucking airplane analogy. It's so cheesy, but it's so true. Put your air mask on or else no one's getting fucking helped. You know what I'm saying? And I think the same thing in like any type of traumatic experience or whatever, you have to be safe first to save others. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at, right? I'm in my selfish time. Be selfish destigmatize the word selfish as well, you know? So we have a funny advice segment today. I'm excited. I'm excited to dive in. I don't want to chat too, too much of random other stuff because I love doing the advice segments and usually they're kind of long. So we have to read them. But if you guys could make sure to review this podcast, rate this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to my YouTube, drop a comment below. You guys don't know how much it supports me just being able to be like, happy Sunday, glad to be here. Hi, you know, whatever. And this goes across like all platforms. The algorithm wants engagement. So if you're a watcher, that's fine. I get it. Cause sometimes you can be like, Oh my God, I don't want to like comment, you know, like whatever. But when you can like something, you can engage with it. You can comment when you share it, uh, when you share it to a friend or, you know, whatever. Number one, I am my biggest fan, but number two, you wonder why I comment on all my own shit all the time that's what the algorithm likes. You know, like they like comment, they like, they like engagement and traction. So when you guys support me in that way, it means more than you could know. So I do have a few funny screenshot things that I I wanted to share with you guys, but like, I don't know if we have like a ton of time today, but let me just run through these first because they're so funny. This is me on Facebook. Do you guys remember when we used to be able to like make Facebook notes? Um, and there would be like prompts almost like answer these questions, you know, whatever. So this is me back in like 2013, the prompt I'll read first, and then I'll make sure you guys can see what my answer is. Okay. I love being me right now. I want to be told the truth for once. Like girl, this, I am 14 years old, 15. (laughs) I feel like I could be nocturnal. I hate when I try too hard. (laughs) I fear being alone. I am lonely without my friends. I need Justin Bieber. (laughs) Today, I worked. Tomorrow, I'm working. I just work all the time. This one. I want to meet Kesha. (laughs) I'm hungry for nothing. I love it when people play with my hair. 
I'm afraid of being alone, question mark. I'm listening to, this one will get you, jar of hearts. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I wish I was in Florida. I'm craving nothing. Oh, I want to get more money. I can run. I can't run fast yet, which is funny because I was like a track star low key. It's like, you never know what's coming, girl. Okay, this is, this is a red flag for me. I have lame brown eyes. I didn't love myself then. I haven't played volleyball in a game situation since November. So this is 2011. This is when I tore my ACL. So I was 15. I think I was 15, almost 16. Maybe I was 16. I was 16. I'm nervous to play Sunday. My mom thinks I'm pushing myself too hard. My dad thinks I'm motivated. I think I'm determined to be the best. <laughs> I'm happy when I'm told I'm loved. I'm sad when I get played. Real talk. I like eating ice cream. I hate eating nothing. I love watching movies. I love listening to Lincoln Park and Kesha. I like playing volleyball. I hate waking up to my alarm clock. I can see everything. I'm glad that I have an amazing family. I'm disappointed that I've wasted time on certain things. Again, bitch, you're 16. Shut the fuck up. I wish I looked like myself. Oh, I look like myself. I wish I looked like Kesha. <laughs> I have a whole nother one. We'll have to do it tomorrow because it's funny. It's called 92 Truths. So, um, or not tomorrow. We'll do it next week. We'll do the next one next week. But so funny, number one, to find those. And then number two, to just think how at the time of your life, whatever age it was, everything felt so heavy. And you're like, God, I was just being a bitch. You know what I mean? So uh, last thing we'll talk about, okay, my coffee is so, oh my God, I literally did dump it everywhere all over. It's still sitting there. The last thing we'll talk about before we move on is watches. Didn't watch a ton this week because I'm like, I'm so serious, guys. I'm such a YouTube girl. If I do like a watch review right now, I would have to be talking about a YouTube channel I randomly found. And we did this whole deep dive into a, like a tour of Gary, Indiana. Being close to Gary, Indiana, I've always known of Gary, Indiana. Really blew up back in the early 90s, uh, 1900s, <laughs> 1900s, of um, steel. There was a huge steel company there. And so this Gary, Indiana, at one point was like that bitch, okay? Then the steel company like went under or somehow got destroyed. And anyways, that's what led to a lot of downfall. So if you go there, there's over 13,000 abandoned buildings. Like every corner just looks like it's abandoned. It's the weirdest town ever. Very, very fucking high crime. And Michael Jackson was actually born there. That's where the Jackson 5 was kind of like founded. So they do have a memorial of his home and they have a gate around his house and stuff. I don't think anyone's really ever tried to fuck with it because I think everyone in Gary would understand it's like disrespectful. But anyway, that's kind of one thing I watched. Um, I don't think I watched anything else. Besides, again, just like random YouTube videos, Cody Co's had new videos out, but also they're not new. Like he pre-recorded them before he had his ba they had their baby. So 
a lot of times he kind of references, you know, when Kelsey has the baby, like blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I don't blame him. Like I would hope he kind of is on like a, a paternity leave as well. Um, I just, I love him so much. He did also announce a residency at the Wynn in Las Vegas, which with where he lives in California, Las Vegas is probably like an hour airplane ride. Like it's fucking nothing for him. He might even fucking drive. Probably not, but regardless, super easy to get to. So I'm not shocked that he took the residency. I just don't know how residencies work at the win. Like, so could he fly in once a week? Is it biweekly? Is it whatever? But I was just kind of shocked that he took that with the new baby. Um, but I'm just like, huh, is Kelsey going to come with, or is that just like a work trip every week? But, um, I think they live near her parents at least. So I have a ton of support, but anyways, I think that's kind of it. Wellness corner. Um, obviously Taylor and Travis chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Lions lost. I'm not going to lie. That shit was hard to watch. Um, to watch the lions lose was actually really fucking sad. Like it sucks to lose. Like if you've ever played any form of athletics or athletics at a high level, like losing hurts, like it physically, it hurts, especially with such a big game, like the super bowl. And so the lions lost and they had such an amazing season. It just sucks when, you know, it's your best possible team. And you kind of only had this like I don't want to say one chance because I hope that they can come back together again next year and do it again, you know, but they were just on such a high um, and to have to wait a whole new season for that kind of sucks, but it's all right. Um, we got the 49ers. We got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm at, at this point, Chiefs take it home again. You know what I'm saying? Like do it again. Taylor and Travis are so fucking cute. It's literally like a fairy tale seeing her happy and just seeing him ha- like they're going to get married. And you know what? Go back to the first fucking episode I ever talked about this. And I told you guys, number one, they are together. Number two, can't wait to see her in the box with Donna Kelsey, you know, XYZ. I called all these things. I'm calling it now. I'm continuing to call it. Everyone's calling it, but I've said it first. Not really. I've I've just, you know, I've stuck to it. They're going to get married. Like it's too good right now. It's too obvious. They're so infatuated with each other, but like in the way of where it's like first love, like love at first sight. I'm obsessed with you. And, and the thing is like, they're both older, like they're in their thirties. They're not just like 15 where you're like, want to fuck anything, right? Like they're both hot people. They're gorgeous. They're probably having the craziest sex. And I'm just saying that cause it's like, they fucking deserve it. They deserve it. They both deserve happiness. Like, I don't know Travis's ex really well. I do remember him dating the girl, but like they both just deserved we ha- I'm just I'm just so happy. Okay. So parasocially happy. I cannot contain myself. Love it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I talk about BetterHelp a lot seeing as that it's benefited me in the past two years. Some people think, you know, maybe, oh, things have to get really bad until you can go to therapy. You're like, I'm not depressed. Why do I need therapy? But really therapy is a tool to where you're using it before things were to get worse and to avoid being at your lowest low. I don't know about you, but why the fuck would you want to get to your lowest low before you climb out to the, to the top again, right? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on your camera. You don't have to wear pants. You don't even have to put on pajamas. You could be naked wherever you're at and do a therapy session with your therapist. So for me personally, 
I like to put my AirPods in. I'll walk around my desk room. I'll go for a walk outside when it's nice out, whatever it may be. And that's what works for me. It is customizable and it is more affordable than most in-person therapy. Give it a try. See why over two million, million, trillion people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And girls, don't forget to get on betterhelp.com slash Desby and put in that discount code. If you forget that, you do not get that 10% off your first month. And that is the deal with being a listener of Brunch with Desby. Okay, let's break into advice from Des B. We just have a few I want to go over today. A nice, short, quick, fun episode. And guess who's visiting us next week? Why it's back. So make sure that you guys comment below what you guys want to see from us, what we want to talk about, discuss, shit on, whatever we want to do. You guys let us know. Um, I mean, we have a few things we want to talk about. However, I'm excited. All right, first, let's take another sip of my coffee. Thank you. All right, first one. Dear Desby, I have been checked out of my marriage for over a year now and want out. I'm fucking scared. I know he will do everything he can to make me as miserable as possible. We have a four-year-old, a mortgage, and both work similar paying jobs with mine being more demanding. It's a constant cycle of emotional abuse and manipulation. I know gaslighting is sometimes overused, but he does that. It makes me feel like I'm the crazy one. I should have known from the beginning when I basically had to beg him to commit to me. I feel like I'm basically just here for my vag and tits. I cannot stand being touched by him. He tries to touch me in a place that I don't like, and he knows how much it bothers me, and I've expressed a hundred times. He says, I don't care if you like, don't like it, I do. It fills me with such rage. He's about 10 years older than me and set in his ways. His family's always yelling at me. Oh, his family's always yelling hateful things towards each other. There we go. And I don't want my son to think that's normal. He spends time with our child, but it's clearly not a priority for him to make quality time, but just play on his phone while around him. I do all the housework, baths, weekly speech appointments that dad refuses to go to, even though he doesn't talk at four and is in denial, grocery shopping, etc. I'm exhausted. What would you do? Am I overreacting? I know marriage counseling is an option, but 99% of me just wants to get the fuck out. Every day feels like I'm waking up in a nightmare. Sincerely, I'm going to go ugly cry now. First off, you guys have to not make your sign-offs kind of funny when you're saying something serious because I will laugh. And I'm not laughing at the situation. It's just, you you get what I'm saying. Okay, so first off, it's funny. We were just talking about marriage and how it's okay to hate your husband. I don't think that this is okay. All right, Having, having a husband that still can't respect your personal boundaries, like, is not okay. And I know in, especially like if we look at like fundamentalist families, like Christians, this is just like, I'm, I'm making a separate caveat. So hang in there. There are plenty of wives yearly who are classified raped by their husbands, right? Just because you have a husband does not mean that they own the consent for your body at all times. That is still rape. That's still sexual assault. Would that hold up in a court of law? Like, I don't know. But by means of what those words are, that is what it is. So if, the, if, for example, he's touching you in places you've asked him not to, just because he's your husband doesn't mean that it's not an assault, right? Because you're not asking for that and you're not consenting to it. So that alone 
makes me uncomfortable. Nonetheless, being the one that it's done to. Um, so then we get into like the idea of gaslighting. We get into the idea of now thinking about our son. He's four years old. He's starting to take in that information. The only thing I could say is like when you have a child with someone, you are attached to them in a way, right? At that point, I feel like the only other step, especially if counseling isn't an option or like at this point, you're so checked out. You're like, it would not do anything but waste money. Lawyer the fuck up express your concern um at that point like is it something and you guys can you know sound off below if you've been in this situation would you go to the cops immediately and express your fear um would you ask for some form of safety could you do you have someone in your corner in your life that you could seek safety with xyz that would be my question um the only thing i would make sure to cover all like things are is looking up everything legal in your state you know, not taking the kid outside of like state bounds, like blah, 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 just nothing that you could also get then in trouble for, right? Like if you fled in the night, took your son and I'm making something dramatic, right? But like you went to the next state to go see your mom, like, could that be then illegal kidnapping? Like you just want to make sure you're not doing stuff like that. But I would say lawyer up because at this point, there's not much more to say besides like, you don't deserve that. Your son doesn't deserve that. That is not healthy. And if he's 10 years older than you two and set in his ways, I think you, you've said it for yourself. Dear Des, I need help. I feel like I need to break up with my boyfriend. We've been together for five years now. He's moved across the country with me, but I know he isn't the one for me. How do I do it? We've never been great at the whole communication thing and I suck at confrontation, but I don't think I can settle anymore. He has no motivation, not the best personal hygiene, chooses to spend his free time playing video games at 29 years old, I just need to rip the bandaid off, right? Just say it's not you, it's me, but in all seriousness, it's you. I deserve someone so much better. I just haven't had many relationships and don't know how to break up with him and tell him to move out. Sincerely, a girl worth fighting for. <laughs> Singing like the Mulan song. A girl worth fighting for. It's a great fucking movie. Okay, so looks like we're having a lot of relationship troubles this at the beginning of this year. So totally agree. If you have been, again, if you have been with someone for five years now, again, sorry, I just said again, like five times full transparency. I think I've even shared this before 2018. I think I was in prep or it might've been 2019 the summer before Wyatt and I got engaged dead ass. No, it had to have been the year before then 2018. I was deep in prep, deep in just a lot of mental health stuff, but regardless, I questioned at this point, White and I had been together for like three and a half years, I think. And I had questioned, do I want to be with him? I mean, I remember core memory crying on the highway, wondering what do I want this? What am I thinking? What's going on? Now there was a lot of pieces at play. However, stepping away from that situation, I was still able to go, you know what? No, this is the man I love. I'm going through a lot right now. I need to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. In this case, you've had this time to think about this. And this is obviously not the man. You're probably in your mid to late twenties. You said he's 29. Listen, why it plays videos, video games sometimes too. And again, sometimes, right. I would rather him be playing video games next door in our desk room than be out at a bar, than be out at a, you know, casino or whatever. So we, we both have our own vices, right? However, in this case, it sounds like it's a little bit more like consistent. And at that point, if he just lives with you, he doesn't owe you anything. You don't owe him anything. Sorry. 
he moved cross country for you. Like, okay, move back. Like we all have family. That's the point of having family, someone to pick you up. Nonetheless, that's why you always prepare financially. If something needs to happen, if you have to have a, a backup plan, like that's, that's why, and that's not your responsibility to make sure he's taken care of. You have to take care of you at this point, even him living with you, he should know he needs to still take care of him. Buy a one-way ticket. See you the fuck later. Go back to your mom. And I say that in love, but I don't think that you need to harvest the emotions for his, his way to like get home, right? Rip the bandaid off. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how I would consult that in person. Like what I do, you know, do you go out to dinner? Like, Hey, do you, do you sit down on the living room couch and you say, Hey, like this isn't working. I'm going to give you two weeks to move out. Do you know, tell him to get a hotel. Like, I don't know. It's, it sucks. Cause I'm like, you could go stay with someone. Like I'm going to go stay with my friend for two days. You can clear out. But then the other part of me has listened to way too many tell me a secrets on this podcast where people have like pissed in their ex's bed and done shit to their stuff. And I wouldn't trust that if he like has rage at all. So I don't know how I would combat that. I wish I could tell you that part, but hopefully it can maybe be somewhat amicable. That's my thought. Okay. Next one. Dear Des. Okay. Let's start with, I'm a girl's girl and never felt owed an explanation from anyone, but I'll always try to explain myself. So first to get married and first to have a kid. Now all of my friends are following suit. We've joked about a pregnancy pact and it's clear all the girls are now trying for their first. Spoiler alert, pretty sure I'm pregnant with my second. I refuse to take a test and just want to live in the moment, but me pregnant with number two before they conceive, number one, I feel so bad and your girl hasn't seen the two lines. If this is real, what does the sister do? I know they'll be happy, but fuck, getting pregnant isn't easy. Shoot, staying pregnant is even harder, but now I'm on two and y'all can't even get to one. I dread it and this honestly makes me hope I'm not pregnant. Please help. Let me explain. I get it. I think I kind of went through this when I found out I was pregnant with baby number two and Michaela was pregnant with baby number two because I didn't like by any means want it to feel like I was stealing her thunder. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh my God, I swear to God, like I'm not like copying you because we were two months apart, eight weeks apart. And it just, it just happened that way. So I can kind of feel it in the way of like, feeling like you're taking something from someone. And especially when, you know, we're coming to like our friends who are all trying and then you all of a sudden get pregnant accidentally. And that's kind of how I feel even with like all my pregnancies, like none of my pregnancies were planned, like none of them. And it makes me feel a lot of times very guilty. Like when people ask me in questions, like, how long did you guys try to conceive? Like, I like we're struggling, whatever. And I'm like, I, you can't, you feel like a dick, especially nowadays with how open we are talking about conception and miscarriages and stuff like that. You feel like a dick being like, oh, like we weren't trying. So I understand where your like initial thought is, but also like you cannot control your own journey in that way. They would not hold it against you. I don't think like you just said they would probably be happy and then you could all have babies around the same age. Like, I think it all genuinely would work out. If anything, I would like consciously say you're probably in your own head more. But again, I think with us and like social media and 
all of that stuff. I think we're all in our own heads a little bit more because we don't want to be saying the wrong things or doing the wrong things or offending people because everyone is offended by fucking everything. So we like walk on these eggshells being fearful of like, I'm so sorry. So why would you be sorry about being pregnant? Like it's again, it's like, it's not your fault that you got pregnant like, or whatever, you know, it's, but the way that we can find guilt makes us feel that way. Just try really hard, very hard to not take it that way. In 10 out of 10, we always assume the worst in people, like people thinking of us, et cetera, that I guarantee you, like you said, they're going to be excited. They're not, they're not going to think about it too deeply. And if they, and if they did, I say this with like, again, full understanding of their situation. That is the way that they're choosing to deal with their emotions. And at that point, like you can't do that for them. You can't be responsible for how they perceive that situation. And as long as you know, your heart is in the right spot and you're, you know, sharing out of like goodwill and like whatever, that's kind of like where we're, that's where you have to just stick your stick in the sand. Dear Des, how do you deal with gaining weight? Today, one of my coworkers told me that I gained weight since getting married. First off, who the fuck coworker is this? That's fucked. Okay, here's a background info no one asked for, LOL. I've always struggled with body image growing up during the 2000s diet era. I was always the girl that was thin. People used to point it out like it was a good thing. During my freshman year, I found the gym. My main goal was to increase my vertical for volleyball. I fell in love with it. My entire personality then revolved around being active, lifting weights, volleyball. Fast forward to July of this past year, I tore my labrum in my shoulder in two spots and needed surgery. Got married in September and had surgery in November. Used to be a four to six days a week gym girl. Now I'm about two weeks max and limited on what I can do since I'm still recovering from surgery. I used to play volleyball all year round, two different leagues. So obviously I haven't been as active and I want, as I want to be, and I've gained a little bit of weight. I'm having a little bit of an identity crisis. The gym has always been my happy place, a place where I can go if I'm having a bad day. I would go play volleyball, get a workout in. I know this is a season of life, but that still doesn't make weight gain and identity crisis any better. Do you have any tips on how to love my body through all these different stages of life? Thanks for reading my novel. Sincerely, a girl just trying to love herself. So number one, you are totally allowed to feel the way you do about your body. You're allowed to feel discomfort in your body as well. Just last week, I had my whole episode on body dysmorphia. So maybe when you submitted this, you didn't see it, but I would suggest going and listening to that just because although you have, have gained weight and you just don't like the way that you look right now, it can still very much apply to just understand your body where it's at and kind of honor it. I also have a really good episode called love your body in the now or regret it later. This came out last year. Sometimes you might have to scroll a little bit, but it's a great episode And at the end of the day, you kind of nailed it on the head. You know, your activity is lower. So, you know, naturally you might have that, that weight being gained because we're eating a little bit more than we're expending. That's totally fine. Okay. We'd have to, you know, honor that. And since we're only in the gym a few days a week that, you know, our schedule is way different. So there's peace in knowing the season of life is here. Um, but you don't want it to continue to ricochet into new habits. Now, we're obviously recovering as we hopefully continue to recover. We're going to continue to get back into the swing of things. We can play volleyball again. Love it. Live, laugh, love. However, the last thing you want to do is fall into almost like, for lack of better words, a depression where then all of a sudden the steam rolls into new habits and a new lifestyle for you that you've never lived before. So stay true to knowing what you love to do and what you seek enjoyment doing and what you, what you like. Um, but also 
honor that right now you're physically incapable of doing everything that you used to do. So you just have to kind of sit in the suck um, and understand that, hey, I'm going to get back to it. But for right now, I just kind of have to sit and stand in this situation in a very relative manner, completely different, but relative is kind of like with pregnancy. Your body's changing no matter what. Your impact is lowered. All these things are different. You just have to kind of sit in that season of life. So allow this to be that season for you. Your coworkers, no one should ever speak to you like that anyways. And if for some reason you find that, you know, you want to focus on getting a little bit more active again and just naturally adding some activity into your day, start focusing on the small things that you can do more walking more, standing more, um, instead of doing, you know, burger and fries seven days of the week, maybe do it five days and other days do a lighter fare lunch, you know, stuff like that, right? It's just making simple swaps too. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to like hardcore diet. It's just be more aware of what you're doing, knowing the lower intensity output that you're going to have daily. Um, and just kind of monitor that to just keep it maintained where it's at. Um, but also life, life is going to lead to different seasons, different things are going to involve different approaches. And especially when we're at the point of dealing with an injury and coming back, it's not fun. So just kind of sit in that, um, and know that obviously your time will come where you start to feel like yourself again. Dear Desby, I just had my first child and my mother-in-law is a bit of an overbearing mama bear helicopter parent, which drives me up the freaking wall as her son, my husband is 30 and makes it clear. He doesn't love the level of crazy. She sometimes has. Anyway, she consistently asks about my kids, referring to her as my baby, like her baby. How the fuck does one politely get in-laws, but partially mother-in-laws to back off with this kind of language? Because, oh, does it piss me the fuck off? I was like, she put a lot of O's. I got confused. Sincerely, a raging new mom. So this is so relatable in terms of your first child in dealing with quite literally anyone else but you, but specifically mother-in-laws. And it doesn't mean that you like hate them at all. It's just as a new mom, you're going through so many hormonal changes. You have maybe postpartum anxiety. You might have had a pregnancy trauma during the time when I was a first mom too, we were going through COVID and RSV RSV season with a preemie baby. It was fucking tough. I literally wanted to fucking cut anyone who even looked at Maddox. Like I was like, you don't understand him. You don't blah, 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 blah. Now you get to the language um, I never had to deal with this, but of of them referring to the child as how's my baby today, et cetera. That is a hard one because part of me thinks they will grow out of it. Like, oh, like my baby, like you kind of just have to choke your words and know that that language won't last forever. But then the other part of me is like, but could it, you know? So I feel like maybe approaching it in the way of, hmm, what would I say? Honestly, at this point, I feel like that would almost be a husband thing that he he can take on. And, and at this point, if he kind of understands where you are and you kind of share this annoyance of using that language, he could maybe, he would be the one responsible for like, hey mom, like, listen, I know you always refer to them as my baby. Can you just share can you just call by its name or can, you know, I just, I know that can get under people's skin. I just, I, I know my wife's going through a lot. She's just struggling right now, blah, blah, blah. Like I would almost put that on your husband to bring up to his mom. Cause he can do it in a way more loving way of like, Hey, it's not that we hate you, but like, we don't like this, you know? 
I don't know. Let me know. That's a hard, that's a hard one. How would you reply? If you're listening and you're like, here's what I've said before, or here's what I would say, you let us know. Cause I feel like I need hard, I need help with that one. Oh my gosh. We are all on fucking struggle Hill with marriages. Aren't we? How the fuck does one stay married through children? My husband is low key horrible for background. We have an almost two year old miscarried in May. And now I'm pregnant again throughout our whole relationship. Five years married three and a half. Oh, five years, three and a half married. We have always had different sex drives. Him needing way more. It's something we've always argued about. And in the past six months, this argument has escalated so much. It doesn't matter if it's once a week, twice a week, three times a week. The first time I say no, he throws a huge tizzy and brings up everything from the past to hurt me. Says things like, I used to slut around with random, so why can't I have sex with my husband? I'd stay out to have to go to girls night, but I can't stay up to have sex with my husband. He even said on various occasions, since he provides for us, I only put, only work part-time as a nanny and take my daughter to that job with me. So I'm not, I'm always on mom mode that I should never say no. It makes me feel gross. He has ruined all an emotional connection and sex, sexual desire with how he talks to me and treats me. I don't know what to do because if I told this by a friend, if, oh, if I was told this by a friend, I'd say they deserved better and help them through being a single parent. But the idea of divorce scares me. I don't know if the damage has been been made is repairable. I don't know if the damage made has been is repairable. There we go. Sincerely, a tired ass mom who knows she's worthy of more. This is super difficult um, because yeah, sex drive and especially sex drive postpartum. You have a two year old. You're pregnant again. Not fun. Not fun. I've had. I I don't know what. I wish I could tell you guys what podcasts they were. I've had a ton of podcasts where White and I have discussed kind of sex drives and stuff. And I've been very open about my sex drive, like postpartum and all that stuff. I have quite a few postpartum episodes. They might be in there. Not saying you have to go sift through them, but I have spoke on this topic before because um, I went through a huge like sexual drought, or at least like, it felt like it, right? Like it was just like, my body doesn't feel good. I don't feel good. And listen, anyone could say back at our 17, 18, 19 year old self, why would I, like, why don't I want sex like I used to, right? We were so hormonal. We were so just horny all the time. It doesn't stay like that. And if you're in a marriage for the consistent honeymoon phase, it's not gonna last, right? And I think depending on like a personal intake of like porn, sexual content on so online and stuff, I think this really does also fuck with people's sex drives, specifically men who do intake that by expecting more than what is normal. You know, like they, they end up almost being overly horny all the time when in reality you wouldn't walk around and see tits every day. Sex drives different no matter what, but you get what I'm kind of saying, right? Like it, it's more, it's just everywhere nowadays. So then partners think that their partner should be just as turned on. So that's difficult, difficult. The biggest thing that I would genuinely suggest is to go to therapy. I have tried, I looked into therapy at some point, counseling with Wyatt, and we just weren't able to get in in person, but just even proactive therapy. Like even if you're just a couple out there with new kids, like just navigating that new journey, therapy can be so helpful. And I think in person counseling is great. BetterHelp does have an online service for couples. I don't know if I would recommend the couples service just because like you're in the same room and then like they're 
telehealth, you know, like I'd rather be in person for a couple therapy, but you can use code Desby to get your first month for 10% off. Even if that's for you, like maybe that's just for you. Maybe you do therapy for a month and kind of work through these emotions as well. I don't think it's something to think about divorce over because the first couple years of kids' life are just genuinely so hard. And you're pregnant again. You have a lot of hormones going on. Sex doesn't sound good. Doesn't mean he's not ruining it for you, right? Like it doesn't mean that doesn't bother you, but I think those are things that could be discussed in a place with like a mediator, like a counselor. So that's where I would turn first, uh, just because I know being in that similar position before, it was like where we were going to turn. But I can tell you on the other side of like having a similar vibe of just like, who am I? Where's my sex drive? Am I okay? It does get better, but it doesn't help when you have a partner belittling you in that way. Um, And sometimes it's like, as much as we think, oh my God, our husbands are dicks. Why are they saying that? They don't, just as we do, right? Sometimes we'll say shit that we don't realize is hurtful. And that's the only way that they're communicating it. So hang in there. I hope that you can maybe find a counselor. I think that'd be good. And also don't line it up like, hey, we're going to counseling for sex. You know, lean, like lean it up by like, hey, I've just been struggling a lot in this pregnancy, postpartum, et cetera. I want us to continue to talk about it. But I think that this, you know, this was recommended to me or something. Hey, Des, I'm in need of some good advice, please. Backstory, I have a two-year-old son, currently work from home. I work a desk job doing contracts. It's flexible so I can get up and hang out with him, color, paint, et cetera, but I still work 10 hours a day with him home with me. My husband and I are living paycheck to paycheck, so putting him in childcare or having a nanny isn't an option. My husband also doesn't believe in getting assistance through the state because he grew up with his mom getting assistance his whole life. Okay, so getting, getting my advice piece, I feel like a failure. I feel like such a piece of shit mom because I feel like I'm holding him back or not giving him the experience he should have around other kids in preschool or daycare. Am I doing right by my son? Am I holding him back educationally? I don't know. I'm just in need of some tips or advice or both from working from home with a two-year-old because it can be exhausting for me. Sincerely, a mom just beating herself up. (sighs) Motherhood fucking sucks. Like, in this way. You're constantly in your head. Am I doing enough? Am I doing too little? Am I a shitty mom? Am I a good mom? Whatever. By you questioning, and again, this is so cheesy because it's said everywhere, but by you questioning, are you doing enough? Am I a good mom? Is you also being a great mom? So know that first and foremost. With not getting assistance from the state, I would talk to your husband about it. This is why we pay tax dollars. This is what our government is set up to do, to help people who need help. With daycare, preschool, is there something that is... I know you work from home, but is there something around you that could be free? Like, could you take him to the library to play with some kids? Could you take him to a story time at the library where you can have your computer in the back and he sits while the librarian reads to all the kids, you know, something like that. Is there things in your neighborhood that you could go explore and do with him that again, like it might be on work hours. So I'm not sure how your work is work like could you step away could you come back that'd be my first thought like is there interactive things that you could do with him in your current like town the second thing I would say is I don't think like at two years old you're gonna do too much damage to him by not you know being around things like Maddox and Archie the only people they play with are really Mila and Gio and sometimes if I take them to like a kid center or the library or like a little museum thing and we don't do that very often. So like they're, they kind of just play with themselves. We do have in-home help a few times a week. 
Um, it was during my pregnancy with Maddox that I had terrible perinatal depression and I literally wanted to off myself where if I did not get help, I was not going to be okay. So we budgeted for that. Um, and we still do, and it has been the best investment we could have personally made, but only knowing it was the difference between my literal job and my mental health. But with that, when I was first with Maddox only, um, and I would, you know, take care of him or whatever, I would do whatever I could to just even be present. So sometimes even if I was working, but he was by me, you know, every 30 minutes, I would like get up, we would play, we would do something for a 10 to 15 minute stretch break. And then I would sit back down. I would work a little bit more, get back up, et cetera. When he's around the home, you know, maybe having like, just making sure that we're having educational sources around him and having things like sorting and colors and, you know, all of these things where you're still maybe able to integrate a little bit of that like educational piece like a Miss Rachel vibe, even at home. But there's a lot of things that you can still do and still be a great mom, even from home, not having him in a daycare or something. So don't look too far into it right now. Do what you can in the now and provide what you can in the now. And then voice to your husband what you guys think maybe needs to change to orchestrate something. Or again, look in your hometown. Is there something you could do even once a week um, and make time for? I hope that was helpful. (laughs) Okay, last one, and we'll wrap it up because there, there's a lot, okay? But this is, this is I feel like this is a good one. Good one to end on. Not like good one to end on, but a good talk to end on. I'm struggling with my emotions on a situation. I found out my husband has been subscribed to OnlyFans for someone he knew and others. This man's from 2018 to this year. I don't know what caused me to snoop, but it just I just had a gut feeling because he's been super distant and closed off. I thought it was a phase. We have two kids under two, and it tested our relationship. We've been together 11 years now and I know I can't, I can forgive him. It's just hurting initially. I grew up very strict Catholic. So sex has always been taboo where him and his brothers, um, he and all of his brothers, he is the middle of them. Oh, and I guess they all, all been very open, but we were each other's first and only high school sweethearts. I also saw his Reddit, which was nothing but porn. I've even used Reddit, but his favorite and saved is all porn. He never messaged on OnlyFans, just bought videos, but I told him all of this feels like cheating to me. Then to see this spanning from 2018 to now where we got married in 2019, had babies, had a great memories together where I thought we were so strong and close. We had talked so much after having our first baby about struggling in the bedroom. I've been working on my bedroom stuff to open up to him and explore and try things he wants to try. However, after finding out all of this, I literally just want to go into his shell and never be touched. He wants to wipe the slate clean and his first reaction to all this is personal. His only explanation was that he is a guy. He said, my issue is always wanting to find out the why behind his actions and he doesn't have that. He saw them post an OnlyFans on Instagram and I was intrigued. I told him that I see stuff like that all the time, but I'm not seeking it out nor subscribing. We've been together since high school. My high school self was pretty awful to him. I emotionally cheated on him and hid the messages, so I'm not perfect, but I've never done it again. And even the thought of doing it since coming clean from high school, I never would. I told him it was a mixture for me of feeling insecure, immature, and also getting back at him for things he did and ignored. However, we have worked through that. And I've also worked in more, uh, worked on me more in therapy. He feels like this weight has been lifted off of him since I found it all. And he said he's been hiding it in plain sight. I'm not that person who will go through his phone willy nilly. He has no explanation why he didn't just tell me. No relationship is perfect. I guess I'm just trying to get your opinion or even yours and Wyatt's. I feel so embarrassed about myself, physically, sexually, emotionally. Now being less than a year postpartum is really messing with me. I told him I think I'll go back to therapy and he said that's not, that's my excuse to not talk to him about my feelings. 
Sorry, this is long, but just know you and Wyatt will always keep it 100. Sincerely, long lost postpartum mom. Uh, I wish Wyatt was with me right now. Um, he has the kids, so I can't even calm down, but <sighs> that's loaded because that would, that would really, really, really hurt me as well. Um, and I think your, your words there exactly were right. Is like, this isn't grounds for divorce, but this does slash a tire in the trust. You know, every time you would see him go through his phone, every time you'd see him on his laptop, you would always genuinely want to like take a peek, right? It causes a, a fear. It causes stress. Um, it makes you wonder, am I good enough? When, when you're having sex with him and you know, your tits are out and your ass is out, it makes you wonder, do I even look good? Do I look better than that girl? And in most cases, a fucking only fan girl, but shit, probably not. You know, we, we look at ourselves, we look at them we're like the fuck, like how am I supposed to compete with someone who's like wearing all the lingerie and, sh- and shit um, and looking so sexy on purpose. Again, it's setting these unrealistic standards for relationships and specifically men thinking that girls are just fucking horned up, squirting, wearing lingerie all the time. Like it's not, it really, really can destroy the expectation in the bedroom as well as in relationships so fast. And I think that's why I understand porn in a sense of maybe getting riled up from it, right? Like we, sometimes we read like smut, like, like we read books about he took his fingers and he put them by my thighs and that gets us kind of revved up, right? Like I get the idea of porn putting you in a mood, but I don't like the idea of porn setting an expectation because that doesn't fucking happen. So first off, I'm so sorry with that. And I'm so sorry that you then found it. And it's now been going on for years. Like that hurts even worse. Like I'd rather find it where it's like subscribed a month ago and you're kind of like, bro, what the fuck is going on? But to find out it's been going on for years, like that, that does hurt. And your feelings are so valid. I would say if your husband, number one, is also saying your way out of talking to him is through therapy, then I'd be like, you fucking come with me then. Let's go fucking talk about it. You know what I mean? If he wants to say that's your way out, make him do therapy with you then and say, hey, this is really weighing on me. We have kids. I want to make sure that we're sound and we're on the same page. We need to just talk this out with a mediator. We need someone in the room to just kind of help us orchestrate this conversation. I don't feel comfortable talking to you about this just at home, you know? And I think that's where a lot of like wrong things can be said too, like in the heat of the moment, you know, that's when you get to the point of being like, well, your dick is small, right? It's like, you want to actually say it, but you're angry. And then you're saying something you're going to regret for the rest of your life. So once the cat's out of the bag too, you can't just unsay that it's going to weigh on someone for a long time. So tell him you want to go to therapy, ask him, Hey, will you just, will you dedicate two months to therapy with me? Can we go two times? Can we go four times, two times, two times a month for two months? Like, and then from there, can we reevaluate, you know, something like that, make a small goal and just be like, this is about our marriage. This is about our kids. This is about trusting each other. This is about wanting to better our sexual chemistry, wanting to better our emotional chemistry, physical chemistry, all the things above. This is where we need to start. I think that's where, again, the, the lack of communication can be where may, maybe we're, we're then scared to say, 
oh, well, I want to go to therapy it because it's so stigmatized still with men, but to just break down that barrier and maybe, I don't want to say like give an ultimatum, but just be like, if you care about the well-being of me as a wife, our family, these kids, we're going to do this, you know, and, and I want to do it right. And at that point, I think that you're just being like mature about it. So that's where I would go. Um, but man, I will say too, like I, I see you and I hear you. I don't physically see you or hear you, but like I, I can see where that would hurt really badly because that would really, really hurt me. And so I'm sending you hugs too, virtual hugs. All right, you guys, I hope you liked today's episode. As always, just chatting, just having fun, just girl talk. And just a reminder, I'm not a licensed therapist, okay? I don't give a fuck what's going on. I'm here as like a girlfriend. Here's your girl, sleep over, tell me the tea, and I'm giving you my thoughts. This is not a therapy session, but if you do need therapy, as always, you can visit www.betterhelp.com backslash Desby for 10% off your first month. Or if you go to checkout, use code Desby for 10% off your first month. I love BetterHelp. I love what it's offered me since fucking COVID. Kind of 2021 is when I started. And I've been kind of in and out the past probably the past year I've been more in and out. Um, but I did just recently get back into therapy, um, once every two weeks. And it's been really, really nice just to have a little place of escape, um, go on a little walk downstairs, have my AirPods in, I'm on my video call with my therapist and we just chat about things and it's really nice. So hope you guys have a beautiful Sunday. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you next week with Wyatt and let me know what you want to talk about. That's all for this episode of Brunch with Des B. I hope you enjoyed hanging out, laughing, or maybe even crying with me today because let's be honest, you never know what you'll get here. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, share with your family and friends, or even just to social media and tag me in it so I can share. Love you guys.